0: Okay, we are um, in the section of uh, Perikei, and we're beginning, beginning of Perikei. And what the is doing is going in really into the components of the Bria. What is this creation really made up of? And obviously, whatever it's made up of has to obviously part of the plan, or else what's the point, you see. So clearly, uh, the components of the Bria have to assist, in whatever way, the entire tochnit plan of the Bria, which of course basically is to bring the Ravonsham back, that's called Tikkun, right? So obviously everything has its proper place. It's like a well-oiled machine, so to speak, you know. And I had mentioned last week, I went very much into uh, some of the ideas of the physical world, and also the spiritual world, you see. Uh, So... (coughs) Uh, like I said, the Ramchal last, uh, last week, that basically the world is divided into physical and, spirit, physical and spiritual entities. And I had mentioned also that the essential concept of a spiritual entity is that it cannot in any way be detected at all. That's a spiritual entity. A physical entity can, and no, no, doesn't make any difference the nature, like I mentioned. You know, you have radio waves. Certainly don't know if that, I mean, it's physical, but it can be detected, you know, Uh, and and so on. Uh, But the truly spiritual, in no way can you detect them in the sense, unless they decide to make it known to you that they exist. But even then, they cannot appear to you um, uh, as themselves, an angel, for instance, a malach, cannot appear to you as a malach, because there's no way that we have the ability to comprehend or see them, perceive them. What they can do, however, is assume a physical garb, which is not really them, you know. So in that sense, you can uh, uh, experience them and see them and so on. Like, like Avraham Avinu with the malachim. He was able to talk to these people. Yet these people were clearly malachim, uh, obviously and so on, you know
1: photography is totally obvious, that's what, no 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 that it, capturing them in a, in a form.
0: the concept of an aura which that tries to capture right is a physical thing it's just extremely subtle just like uh, like I said like um, an ear wave uh, you know radio wave it's physical right and, and so on and last week I went uh, very much into it's the concept back, of the mental the
2: physical He
0: was able to detect the
2: Malach?
0: How is he able to see them? Well, they were not Malach. They were were garbed as humans. Arabs, whatever, right? That's how he was able to do it. So, you know. What do um, they do? They transform into physical.
2: They're able to transform
0: into. Yeah, it's like Elihad Navi. How do you see Elihad Navi? He transforms himself into a, a physical person. Now, he's not physical, you know. But he does transform himself into physical so you actually see a person with a body you know but it's like a suit of clothing you know it's like a space suit probably the best way to see it you know you know you're looking at a guy in a space suit almost literally right and uh so you you, you look at somebody this but then the guy goes you know so he t- takes off the suit and lo and behold he's something else you know so that's the way you can perceive No, the suit's real, but it, the suit is not the guy. Maybe physical. But the suit is not the guy. That's what I'm trying to bring okay, out,
2: well,
0: you, you know. He takes off his bar, but i No, no, you're... you're, you're yeah, you're, you're extending the marshal too far. I'm okay. saying, that, you, you know, it's not... This is not, you know... The suit's physical and the guy's physical. All I'm trying to say is that the guy is not the suit. You see? Same idea. The Malach comes here in a space suit, which looks like a person, but the Malach is not that suit guy, you see?
1: what's your opinion on that ad- animals certain animals can see spiritual things
0: that the human can't well it's not that they can see I, I think it, what happens is they can sense they can sense not they can't see anything but they can sense um, a phenomenon a phenomena that is beyond these senses and so on you know you know um, for instance uh, you know by Egypt <laughs> no dog uh, howled you know so they clearly they sense death because everybody's dying around them you know so in that sense they they sense the consequence of the Malamavas you know but what they were experiencing death all around them you know so that they can sense you know animals clearly have a much greater sense. I mean animals can sense when an earthquake is about to happen know, they obviously, you know, and so on. Anyway. Um <coughs> yeah. So anyway, he says that, the, so the physical universe is composed of, right, physical p- people, people, land, air, you know, uh, trees, all that kind of stuff, right? And also the physical universe is also consists of, which is interesting, the Galgalim and the Koichveim. Part of the physical world was is what he calls the heavenly bodies, you know, uh, and this, like I mentioned, think last week, there's a concept of astrology, you see, and uh, the way, ast- uh, and I just uh, later on he talks much more about it, but the way astrology works, I I mentioned this last week, is that the stars are shaped according to the configuration of the xera, of the ruchnius. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah. Okay. good anyway so that's the physical universe yeah but the spiritual universe he says is be- fundamentally divided into two types of beings one is called the shamas and the concept of an shama is really it is a spiritual entity that is destined to be attached to a physical body and that is the only spiritual entity that ever gets attached to a physical body literally you know Mal can assume a garb but he could take it off but the neshama cannot take the body off really you see really it's intended to be permanently bound to the physical the neshama the reason why a person can die and therefore it seemed that it is separated is only a zero from God, you know, because the initial decree was that the neshama, once it enters the body, can never be separated from the body, no matter when, you see. But what the neshama can do is called zikoch. So the only way out of the neshama is it can't separate from the body, and this is the initial plan, right? But what it can do is purify the body where the body becomes spiritual, almost. So that it can do. And as a result of that, it can now realize its full capacity in terms of what it is, you see. So what it can do, it can't change its prison. You see, it can't get out of prison. You know what I'm saying? Like Monopoly. I think it's get out of jail or something like that. Right? But what it can do is change the jail into an incredible residence. That it can do. The only reason why now people die, like I said, because of Adam Risham, he did the sin. So the Neshama uh, should have been able to purify the body by Adam Rishim. But what happened is Adam allowed, because of his sin, he allowed the Satan's Zoyama to connect to the physical body. So the Nishama cannot purify zoyama, which is pollution, tumma of the satan. That's in the body. So what God does is the person dies. So in that sense, they're separated. Temporarily. Right? Then the, the body dissolves back into the earth. And therefore the zoyama leaves because there's no, right? It's decomposed and dissolved back into the earth. And you return to dust. Okay, and then Tcheh is where the guy gets up as a body, right? He gets up as a body, and the Neshama is restored to that physical body. However, that body no longer has Zoyama, it no longer has Tumah, you see. Or it no longer has the influence of the Sutton, the pollution, contamination. So at a certain future time, since the body no longer has the what's called the obstacle or impediment for for purification, then at a later date, when the neshama is given the permission, so to speak, to purify the body, it does so in, an, in, in, in a stupendous manner. We don't even know what that means, that a physical body now can become almost spiritual. And then what happens is, it's almost like, maybe an example is, where the body becomes translucent. You can see right through it. And that doesn't mean like an MRI, where you can see right through the body, you know. It means that the body changes completely into a total, almost spiritual entity. And therefore, beings are now, uh, relate to each other through that uh, clear, trans, uh, transparent body, you see. And then the neshama is completely perceived. And that will be in, 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 in Ullam uh, really Abo, uh, and so on, you see? Uh, so therefore, the first being or entity of the spiritual domain is the neshama. One, one first, and the neshama, like I said, is a spiritual entity of which we do not really know its essence. And that is destined to be connected to a physical body permanently if not for the sin of Adam, but when the, the Shama will be reconnected to its former body then it will never be free of that body for all eternity but like I said don't worry about that it doesn't suffer there's no death there's no disease there's nothing you know it's like I say it's almost like a clothing which is completely transparent and therefore there's absolutely no uh, restriction under the Shama because of that transparent purified body. So that's the first type of entity in the next in a uh, Ruchnias, right? Is the neshama
2: is only for people that died before Mashiach
0: came? Triyas a is only before who?
2: Only for people that died before mashiach came. If Mashiach comes and we're alive do we live forever.
0: You mean, what will happen to the people after he comes?
2: The people that were alive already, do they have to go through
0: the and They have to go through death, yes. So yeah. Everybody has to die, it's unfortunate. But uh, he was right, you know. Uh, Mark Twain, the only thing certain is death and taxes. Now, taxes is probably more certain than death. That's how bad it is out there. But in uh, but any case... <coughs> Uh, Although now there's a tax reduction that's coming up in the uh, Senate, House, and all that. Whatever. But anyway, um, everybody has to die. Period. Why? Because, like I say, because the neshama cannot mezakech zoyama. It cannot mezakech contamination or the satanic pollution. It can mezakech geshem, which is materialism, fine. And therefore, the whole concept of death, to remove the zoyama, and to allow the Nash to purify the body, that's that's fine. And that's what triasem is. It means you get up with a body that has no zoom. That's why, by the way, there's no death. There's no death, there's no disease, there's no decomposition. Can you imagine that? You never have to see a dentist again? I know it's uh, you know, it's rather incredible, but or a doctor or anything like that. After
2: triisamism.
0: After triashamism, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to be concerned with their own Tcheh actually, so they're not going to worry about you. But in any case, uh, and the reason for that, because it's no Zoyama. Because that's really what causes all the illnesses, the decomposition. That's the essential concept of this uh, term called Zoyama. But in any case, <coughs> uh, so that's the uh, so that uh, that's concept of Tcheh So obviously the temporary place for the Neshama, while the body is, I hate to use the word, decomposing and, and, and so on then the, the neshama goes to Ganeiden Ganeiden is a temporary destination that the neshamas in a certain sense stay or hang out you know whatever whatever goes on there and then ultimately to return after but like I said everybody has to die but the people who are alive when the Mashiach comes and it's really Mashiach Ben David, not Ben Yosef Chiris HaMesim happens uh, soon after Mashiach Ben Dovid arrives okay And then people get up and so on, Uh, so everybody dies for about two hours, and then they resurrect. So we're not talking about, you know, and so on, years and years, and so on. But in any case, uh, so that's that's the concept of Gan Eden. And people experience, and people, what's the experience in Gan Eden? It's really unknown. But whatever it is, it's completely ruchnius, completely ruchnius, right? Completely spiritual whatever's going to get aid. But the interesting thing about that is when a person dies, right, then he's judged. There are three judgment times. One is by Rosh Hashanah, right? So he's judged then. The second thing is after he dies. It's Yema Misa. You HaMisa, know, you know, you see? In other words, because he's finished with the job, so to speak, and then he's had to be judged in terms of what the story is, you know. Where is he at? And the, the third judgment time is at the, the end of time, because a person is, gets merit for those things that he influenced. You see, if a guy um, uh, influenced somebody to become religious from, right? And then that person got married and he had kids that they're from. He gets credit for everything down the line. In the insurance business, they call it residuals, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, in other words, if a guy uh, sells a policy, right? So he gets some kind of, whatever you call that, royalty or whatever, right? But let's say the guy quits. So when the guy renews, he still gets the residuals, you know, it never ends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But in any case, so therefore, a person's good deeds doesn't end when he dies. It follows him till the end of time. That's why I say, if you guys want to get into the act of having tremendous schus, Merit. Reward. I'll give you the best business to get into. Zikoy uh, Rabbim. Get out there and be Mazaka the Rabbim. Get out there and influence the the, the multitude. The Rabbim. The public. The multitude. To do good. Because every time anybody does good. And their descendants. And their descendants. Until the end of time. You collect all the residuals. You see? That's why ziku Hirab, which means to uh, bring the, the, the public to a place of tremendous uh, righteousness, is the best business, because he influenced the most people. <coughs> you see, so therefore, uh, the, so that's the last judgment time, you know. Therefore, after that second judgment period, when the guy's dead, and let's assume he's judged, so then he either has to atone, uh, for uh, sins that he did <clears throat> and there's many atonement places either he's got to get come back here which is a Gilgal right? or he's got to wander you know what I'm saying or he gets Gehenna which is a place to ultimate, to, to complete the atonement and so on when all that's over and he goes to Gan Eden, because there's no resurrection yet what happens is is that he will be in a similar state to, uh, you know, proportion to what he will be in Oilem Habo, the future world. So if he was tops here, he will be tops there. But it's nothing, you cannot even compare it to Oilem Habo. But the ratio of all different people, depending on what they did, there's a, pr- there's a ratio here, there's a proportion, you know, and so on. You know, one guy's at 10% level, other guy's at 20% level of spirituality, right? So, he will be that in Oilem Hab also. But in Gan Eden, he's at the exact same proportionate level to everybody else in Gan Eden, uh, everybody else in Gan Eden, in Gan Eden, you see. So, that's a very important idea. Well, in Gan Eden, or in other words, after the guy dies, he's judged, right? And then he has to expiate whatever sins he did. That's a second process, right? But afterwards... He goes to what's called Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. Yes? And he's there while his body is decomposing, getting rid of that pollution, so then ultimately he can re-enter when the Mashiach Ben David comes. But what's he doing in, ha- in, in Gan Eden? Because there is no Ilm Haba yet. There is no future world yet, right? So there, right, There are everybody's at a different level depending on how good he was here. You see? So let's assume that... Uh, He's judged, and it's okay. Uh, You will now experience a certain amount of illumination, Kedusha. So let's assume that relative to everybody else, he's 50% of other people, or of the illumination amount. You see? So he gets the same exact proportion that he would be in O'Ilim Habo, he gets it in Ghanedin. But in in O'Ilim Habo, it's infinitely great. But the proportion is the same, in terms of everybody else, and in terms of the amount of, the, of how much the Rav Shem gives out. You see? So it's sort of like a Main. It's a small model, you see, experience in terms of what ultimately will happen. You see? But whatever it is, Gan is supposed to be just beyond belief. I think I once gave a shi'a here, that the, when the Neshama dies, it goes through the heaven. goes through the Moros Bela. That apparently is the entrance to Gan Eden. It's a whole medrash on that, you know, Zoya, whatever, you know, uh, that says that, you know. <clears throat> but in any case, case.
2: Is that people, uh, they found that they did not decompose? Yeah. Is that because they got rid of the Zoyama before?
0: That would probably be that the only reason why they have Zoyama is because of other Rishon's Chet, but not that they added to their Zoyama. You see, most people are busy adding with their own sins. You know what I'm saying? There's the problem here. You know, there's a certain amount that other musician gave you as a gift. <coughs> right? That's a certain amount, right? Uh, the problem is like everybody's adding to this, you know? You know, so if he gave you an ounce, you know, by, by the time you finish, you got a couple of tons of this stuff, you know? So they're decomposing because of all the stuff, you know? Sadikam so hardly added anything. You know what I'm saying? That there are four people that never sinned, so what? what the the zayma basically was the zoyamo that Adam Rishon gave them. You know what I'm saying? Four people who never sinned, right?
1: Interesting. When when Adam purchased Mir's Machpelah, some place I read it was dark and there were spirits and demons. It was so undesirable, undesirable. Okay. How did he clean it out to put his wife? I don't know. You gotta ask him. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you
0: know. He probably hired one of these companies cleaner cleaning companies I, I, I don't know I don't know I mean yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that out there you know you know but the main thing is uh, well how could there be when the ones who were buried where was Adam and Chava he didn't buy an empty plot he bought that place because Adam and Chava were buried there you see that's why he bought it and since Avram Avinu took over the job of Adam really so he wanted to be buried there <coughs> you know so, I don't think there were demons there at that point, although, whatever. Um, so, therefore, um, yeah, in any case, so, so, so therefore, the, so the first type of beings that are spiritual is basically uh, the Shamas, which uh, i try to explain. Okay. The second type of uh, beings are beings that will never enter a body. They're permanently spiritual. They are not destined in any way to enter the body at all. Who are these? So he subdivides these two beings. Okay? The first beings that he talks about... The first one is called koiches forces. These are called the koiches nevdolem, transcendental forces, which he will talk about um, soon. They're called transcendental forces. Okay? Uh, They're not beings in a certain sense. They're really forces. What they appear to be is spheres. Okay? Spheres, whatever the forces are, okay, uh, are purely spiritual of which we have no conception of what they are but obviously they have nothing to do with the physical world and they will of course never reside or inhabit a physical body the second type of spiritual beings are malachim, angels angels are clearly there which will never inhabit again this, the, the physical world so they are uh, fixed ensconced so to speak in the spiritual universe. And then he's going to talk about what, it, what the purpose of these things, you see. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> these things have many subdivisions, you know. the and the Dolum have many, these transcendental forces, which are basically the spheres, and, and the what's called the, uh, the, um, the descent of those spheres, as they become more and more physical, not physical, but as they descend and create different universes, realities, you know. Uh, And then you have the malochim, the angels. And the malochim fundamentally are emissaries. That's really what they are. They're messengers, or emissaries, agents, uh, which we will see uh, later on and so on, you know. But, um, so these are the two spiritual beings. And like I said, they had many, many different categories. For instance, angels have 10 different classes of malochim. There are ten different subdivisions of Malachim, from the highest to the lowest, you see. So if a person experiences a Malach, which class, you know what I'm saying? You know, is it in the highest class or the lowest classes, you know? The highest classes are like Mikhail, you know, Gavriel, and so on. These are like the uppermost, uh, and obviously they have different uh, characteristics in the lower class, and so on, you know. For instance, the, the malachim that went to Lot, they would be of a certain class. They're probably pretty high. Um, I think one of them was Refoil and so on. But anyway, because um, I think Raphael was the one who told Sarah that she would have a kid. In any case, and he's also the rescue p- person and so on, you know. So malachim clearly have distinct classes of which there are ten, and then each of these ten are really subdivided also. It's like an army, you know. You've got the five-star general, four-stars. No, if there's a five star general. Anyway, four, three, two, and so on. You got lieutenants, majors, and so on and so forth. Uh, and that's an army. So basically the same concept by malachim, you know. <coughs> um, and, and the spheres also have many different types of spheres and so on and so forth. <coughs> um, I think what I, I, I think what, what's interesting to mention,
3: um Does that mean Level well, when to get there. What? I mean, each level, of sp- is that like the by Sphere of so, we subdivide it
0: Yeah, yeah. Different spheres, Bro- you know. There are, ten. there are ten. There are ten fundamental spheres. I mean, each ten is made of ten. And each ten is made of ten. And each of those ten is made of ten. Ten, mm-hmm. ten, ten. Two, it's wait, an infinite something? subdivision of spheres.
3: Um, and then,
0: you know, for instance, in other words, let's say you have the spheres, which is what? You have, you know, the, the highest is Kesser, then Chochman Bino Chesed, Gvul, Tiferes, Netzachod, Yisoid, Malchus. Right. So let's say Keser. Right. Will have the ten spheres. So there's Kesef, Keser, Chochmah of Keser, and so on. You see, and then each of those spheres are subdivided. They usually don't go down more than the second. So there's the primary ten, and each of their sub-tens, and so on. You know. So it's, what's that? And then it's a, but it's an infinite, uh, infinite descent. Uh, or a fragmentation of spheres
3: so each of those fragmentations is a step closer to Gashmi's
0: yes well yeah yeah until they finally evolve into uh, this world you know they they evolve into this world or they put the influence on this world well both they evolve and influence Yeah. Uh, what's interesting to know which is really a very uh, important concept What's the final descent of a sphero? I'm going to show you something very interesting. How physics and Kabbalah merge. You know? So, Kabbalah holds that these forces, which are the spheres, okay, they descend, descend, and so on, right? <clears throat> and then, so there's they're still Rukhni's, they're all spiritual. But as they descend, they, they create rea- realities. Which are of lower and lower um, uh, materialistic, if I can use that word, grade. You see. So the spheres at the highest reality is called primordial man, Adam Kadmon. Now Adam Kadmon is a world. It's really a reality. Okay. It's called Adam Kadmon, primordial man, Ak in short, Adam Kadmon, and so on. And that world or reality of adam kadmon is Ilm habo that's the spheres at their great at their greatest level of illumination unchecked unstopped so they create a reality those ten spheres and so on right which is beyond comprehension that's the future world okay you know actually if one an interesting way of looking at it imagine there's a building with five stories you know so the roof is the soif, which is God. The top floor, I'm going down, the fifth floor, right, the penthouse, right, uh, is Ulym Habo. That's the fifth floor. Nobody knows what's on that fifth floor. We know what, in terms of what it is. It's called, like I said, Primordial Man. That's the name of it, which is uh, Adam Kadman, and That's Ulym Habo. And that itself has an infinite amount of subsections. Anyway, that's the fifth floor. <coughs> then ultimately what happens is you have the lower four floors become Ulem Hazer. So the fourth floor is called Atsilus. That's a reality. But that reality already is not the future world. It's a reality, a certain type of reality. So that's the fourth floor. It's called Atsilus, which means the world either because nearness, HL, it's near the t- penthouse the, uh, uh, the uh, world of Adam Kadmoin which uh, is so it's called Atsilis or Atsilis means emanations because that's the first emanation of this totally spiritual world the third floor is called Bria which is called creation and that also has many subdivisions the second floor is called Yitzira which is formation Yetzirah, formation and so on and that's the world that's primarily inhabited by Malachim and then you have the next floor, which is the ground floor, right? That is called Asiya. That's the word, Asiya means action. And that's where all the action takes place to do the Tikkun. You see? is on the ground floor. Now the ground floor itself has many subdivisions. You know, it's not just, there's what's called the physical universe, which is our universe. But then above the physical universe, which is still, and it's all Elam hazeh, is the seven chambers and so on a lot, a lot of different segments of reality and so on you know but the lowest floor so far is the ground floor you know yes I'm going to get to that but then there's a basement every place has a basement that basement is the world of the southern so he's below the whole five floors and he's in the basement and even the basement has a sub basement different levels of that basement and the further down you go what's happening the further away you get from the roof which is god you see so therefore the greater uh, the greater amount or reality of evil exists you know as you get further and further down okay and that itself has four sub levels and they have names okay so those are the four levels of the of the uh, what's called the clipo, or the sitra uh, achro, you see? So that's basically the whole structure. So it gives you some type of a feel of what's going so on. Anyway.
3: The, um, <coughs> First of all, you said that is eight cell near.
0: That's one of the, the terms. Sia
3: is act activity where action are done. Action. So Asiya. see and Yitzira, what is, how would you define those? Who? Bria and Yitzira.
0: Well, and those are specific you know. olamas. What's,
3: what's the what's the um, main function in the Nakuda, the main function of Bria
0: and? O- or Bria is, wha- is where Bria, Atsilus the only thing in Atsilus, right, is God, as he appears to a Navi. In other words, God himself, it's almost like you know, a being in a certain sense that you can see through one lens, two lenses, three lenses and the more lenses the more difficult it is to, to see clearly, you see. So the, the, the lens or, or rather the, the appearance of God that He will allow people to experience Him in this world starts from Hatsilos. We cannot see God as He will appear in the future world. That is not possible. Not so, now. So
3: that representation of Hashem is, is an emanation?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. In other words, so the, the appearance of God as He appears <coughs> to Nevi'im or, you know, and so on. That, it's, let's say, call it the, that level of the illumination of God Himself is Atsilus. Okay? No person has ever gone into Atsilus, obviously. But Manish Rabbeinu is the only one that he could look through his imagination and stand in front of the border of Atsilas and look in. But he had to stand in Bria to look into Atsilas. And you really cannot, and even, and, and, and even that is, is, um, is sort of like, it's, there's a very, there's a distortion of the image of God in that world. But he had the least amount of distortion of God ever known to man. That's what when the Moshua man cannot see me. means you cannot come into Atsilis and look at God. That appearance or illumination of God is much too great and live. So Moshua Benu through Nevoah prophecy was able to go right up again. He could see even though he was here but he was able to perceive into Yitzira, but only standing in Bria, right up against the border, right? So therefore, there was a barrier from Matsilas to Bria, and he could look into it, but, but since there was a barrier, it was still slightly distorted.
2: And,
0: and he was the only one. What? And Bilum, where was he? Bilam, well, in, in a certain sense, um, uh, he, he wouldn't have been able to do that but he would be able to have a certain, cl- I, it's hard to say the clarity of his message or his illumination um, w- would be in a different way. It, w- it wouldn't be in the sense of being able to look into Atzillas. Who? Yeah, no, no. But the Rosh appeared to him when he told him, go with these people, don't go with these people. No, he was. Lekom Moshe.
2: To love also a, a, lot of, a bunch
0: of No, but there's different levels of, of uh, what do you call it, of uh, revelation. It you the, know, uh, he had a tremendous, uh, tremendous ability.
2: The, the the
0: yeah, yeah. So that would mean that he had that ability in a certain sense. I don't know if it was exactly, it wasn't exactly like Moshe, but it was, uh, it, it, it seems from the, like, come Moshe, uh, you know what I'm saying, be Israel, you know. But there was come, you know. But does that mean that he had the perception of Masha to, uh, Benu to seeing God?
2: The Medrash compares to, he said
0: that Masha Benu is <laughs>
2: about Spakla Yishenim Eira. Masha is And
0: what does that mean? I yeah. Okay, I have, I have to I will have to see that message. <laughs> I know, yeah. But anyway, I don't want to get too, too so much deep, I'm Bria trying to Sira, what are their <coughs> Oh, so So. therefore, now, so uh, at Silas is where God resides and it's the level of appearance of God as the maximum that he will allow this world to experience. Okay? Bria is the beginning of Residents, so there are uh, beings, real beings, other than God. You see, so the greatest malachim, okay, will be in Bria and other things. You know, and then you have Yitzira. Is probably the majority of malachim will be in Yitzira. You see. The
1: and
0: Wait, you I, I, I want to. Uh, let me just keep going. Got that? Okay.
3: Majority uh, of the spiritual residents. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, in terms of in being it's zero. Uh, what is interesting is that, <clears throat> and this is all from the degradation of the spheres. You know, it's like the 92 elements. Everything is composed of the 92 elements. You know, different ones and different proportions and so on. The same thing. All these levels of reality are composed of spheres in different proportions, different combinations, you see. Uh, what is interesting is is when the spheres finally make it to the physical world that we experience. What is it? What is the manifestation of spheres in this world? That is the question. Because remember, this world is also a combination of different spheres and so on, right? But the spheres, somehow, they don't really degrade, but they look like they degrade, and therefore, as a result of that, different realities form, you see. So the question is, when the spheres make it to this world, what is it? It's a very interesting question, you know. (coughs) And I'll tell you, the spheres, when they make it to this world, is called the most subtle form Of matter ever known what is the most subtle form of matter known energy nobody knows what energy is but we do know that energy moves things energy is a force that makes put something in motion everything in the universe moves I don't know if you realize that there is nothing that stands still because everything is in the universe right has energy in it that nobody knows where in the world it comes from energy it's a force but it's an unknown force it has different forms there's heat energy mechanical energy electrical energy and so on but whatever it is it's always a force it's something that can move you see so that's why everything in the universe is motion. everything there is no such thing as anything whether it be molecules or atoms or subatomic particles that is not in some form of motion why because everything has energy but what is energy really so energy is the lowest point of the spheres and it is when the spheres popped into or created a physical universe and the first thing it was is energy it's like an energy soup we live in a soup called energy now that's interesting. Now, along came at Albert Einstein, and he made an incredible statement. He said that matter and energy are interchangeable. E equals mc squared is the famous mathematical formula. In other words, energy is equal to, you know, uh, mc squared is equal to, the amount of energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light squared. That's what he said and they're interchangeable. So if you really think about that, what it really means is that matter everything, all matter, is nothing more than frozen energy. It's frozen energy. In other words, when energy congeals, it becomes matter. And if you turn does that means you could turn matter back into its energy, right? And that is the concept of a nuclear weapon, atomic bomb. See the bomb bomb is really where some aspect of an atom is converted to its energy state. It reverses from the matter back into its energy. And the incredible thing is that the energy of any gram of matter is beyond belief. An atom, you know, an atom. There's uh, when an atomic bomb explodes. It's most. It's really uranium. Uh, that uh, whatever. There's a whole chain reaction. Whatever. But the interesting thing about it is in a very tiny amount. Of some aspect of the nucleus of the atom is reconverted to energy and that is an atomic bomb imagine what that means it's beyond belief how much energy is contained in this table you see if you could unfreeze the table back into its pure energy state you would have enough energy to run the planet Earth probably for the next 200,000 years just from this table that's how much energy there is in a table, you see. So what, we, what comes out is that we live in an energy soup. And different pockets of this soup has congealed or frozen into matter, you see. That's, so based on Einstein's theory, which is an incredible re- revelation, this is what the physical world is. It's nothing more than energy frozen at different spots see? And that's matter, mass. You see? So therefore, and and they're interchangeable, and so on. And that's what you see in an atomic bomb. That's why his theory led to the development of the atomic bomb. Once he said that, he says, oh yeah? Now how do we get it to reconvert? And of course, they did it by a chain reaction. You know, where they split the nucleus, and then all of a sudden, all the neutrons uh, fly off like ping pong balls, and they hit each other. Bam, bam, bam. And the more they hit each other, the more they speed up. And finally, they the the uh, the temperature rises as the as the atoms hit each other. And ultimately speaking, the whole thing just uh, explodes. And only a very tiny amount is converted into energy. But you see what an atomic bomb could do. It's incredible what an atomic bomb could do. You know? Bomb no, no, nobody knows how to do that. It has to, yeah, it has to be something which is unstable, it has to be unstable, radioactive, yeah. unstable, where it's like, you know, because uranium is about 235, uh, 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 two, its atomic number is 235, it's got 235 uh, whatever uh, substances, you know, so on. So it's highly unstable, so if you put a neutron, you aim a neutron right into that ball or all these little, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, the whole thing just shatters. You know what I'm saying? And a little part of that shattering is a little part of one, one little particle becomes pure energy and it just goes up five miles, makes a crater five miles across. You know, and this is, so you can imagine what a table can do? If man ever figured out, which I believe they will, ultimately, yeah. It's down the road somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand years from now, whatever. I, but, uh, well, Sheikh could come here long before that. If they ever d- converted this back into its energy state, like I say one table could uh, could uh, dry you know run the world for thousands of years. Thou- the whole planet, you know. Imagine what uh, that's the end of gas prices, right? Uh, you know, but it would convert it back into pure energy. But pure energy really is the physical form of the spheres. You see, so. What was that? And that's, well, the spheres are spiritual, but when they pop into a physical form, it's energy. And then from the energy, you see, you have different places that become matter, and that's how the physical universe exists, you see. So really, energy is the most subtle form of matter, which is very interesting. And I believe that is the ultimate manifestation of spheres, that, that uh, uh, that type of energy, uh, force when it degrades into a physical thing. You see, degrades into energy.
1: Is that alluded to anywhere? That when the spheres come down that they their energy?
0: Um, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. To me it's obvious. You see, <clears throat> because what happens is if you think about it, I mean, if you need more explanation. Scientists always wondered is the universe eternal Or did it have a beginning? Okay. So they discovered that it has a beginning. Why? Because the universe is expanding. Right? At at a certain rate. And the rate of expansion itself is increasing. So if it's expanding, what happens before? You know? So you go back, back. In other words, so take the expansion of the universe and push it back. into. You see? So obviously... It has to have a certain point where it started, you see, you know. If the universe was not expanding, it would just, what's called a steady state theory, which was the theory before this, you know. So, it was eternal, you know. But if it's expanding, there had to be a time when it wasn't expanding, right, and it was just a single dot. So, the theory now is of course, they've, uh, they've proven it, Uh, and and so on but in any case so the uh, if you take all the matter and squeeze it together back back into its original before the whole thing started right that's called the Big Bang it started off as an energy little energy ball it's called a singularity that was infinitely small imagine it had all the energy and all the mass of the entire universe into a dot That's smaller, probably, than uh, even an electron. Could you imagine what that thing is? But it was pure energy. Nobody knows what that was. And then all of a sudden, it exploded. You see? That energy exploded. And as it began to explode, it froze here. It froze here. You see? That's the latest theory in physics. So the whole world came from this single dot, infinitesimal dot, of energy the amount of which is the entire known universe uh, and there's an incredible there's over there's over 100,000 galaxies and each galaxy has ever over 100,000 stars you can imagine the amount of mass in the universe and all of that was ultimately a almost an infinitesimal dot pure energy now where did that dot come from the question is how in the world what was before the dot they don't even ask that because you can't even think about and and not only that whatever was before the dot how did it stay that way you see you know because it just has to break open Um, but the idea is that this is called the big bang so the real Shiloh they used to have is called the big crunch well it's going out but there's a, a certain gravity thing that gravity is the force that pulls everything back together you know so will the universe uh, revert to its former state and that's called the Big Crunch. Crunch. But they now figure it out and that'll take billions of years. I mean, don't worry about it. be long after we're gone. <laughs> but now they, but now they realize, and whatever, that because the universe is expanding and the rate of expansion is increasing and nobody knows why, so they realize that there won't be a Big Crunch. So it's going to ultimately keep expanding forever. You so see, says, The Milky Way galaxy will
1: keep its crunch for how long? No, Who? So the Milky Wake galaxy. What about it? Will it keep its crunch Anyway. So what do you
0: mean, crunch? What does that mean?
1: The crunch, the universal, the, the crunch. It was a joke. Oh, oh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like milk and cereal, the crunch does it
0: Oh, the wow. Okay, I'm not into You're into cereal. I'm not into cereal.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's uh, you know. I I got that you Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> you know that choke is so corny that you can't even eat it on Pesach because it's, because it's kidneyous. Anyway, uh, corn corny kidneyous. Anyway, um. Anyway. So, but what's interesting? So that is very interesting because that tremendously dovetails with the spherus. What happened is all of a sudden the spherus you know, degraded, more ruchnius, less ruchnius, less spiritual, less spiritual, until all of it comes together and bam into one dot where the spheres on one side are now converted into energy. But the energy it was converted into was an infinitesimal dot and that dot exploded and that's the entire universe, you see. So scientists now, the, the measurement of the, how, how big is our universe, it's 13.7 billion light years a light year is a distance not a time it's the amount of distance that light can travel in a year (coughs) light can travel in one second 186 thousand miles a second that means it goes around the earth seven times in one second that's pretty quick you know but if it goes 186 thousand miles a second how, how far does it travel in one year and the answer is 6 trillion miles that's one light year okay it's 6 trillion miles the nearest star is 4 light years which is approximately 24 trillion miles away from us that's a long trip I mean, nobody's going to ever get to go one of these stars because how in the world can you go 6 and trillion miles the mi- 24 trillion miles, what?
1: there's a wall there?
0: there's no wall, it's just
1: so how can they predict what the end is?
0: No, 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 oh, oh, because what's interesting is that, the obviously, um, the stars that are further away are the first stars, right, so they look into the universe as far as they can, you see, so the furthest star, or whatever they can see out there, be a galaxy or a nebula, whatever, you know, is approximately, I think, they've seen things that are 12 billion light-years away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those are the earliest things. Because, you know, they, you know, whatever is out there is really in the beginning was close, you see, you know. So that's the furthest they've seen. But they, uh, but the, the theory is that the universe is 13.7 billion light-years. So 13.7 times 6 trillion is the length of the entire known universe and that is expanding, don't ask me, into what, right? Into what? There's nothing beyond that, right? That's a whole different childhood. What what is space and and if the universe is expanding, which is space, so what in the world is expanding into? There's no space there. So nobody knows, you know, the the answer to these questions and so on, you know? But I'm just saying it all started with this one dot of pure energy, which was an infinitesimal dot that exploded, right? And that energy now congeals at different points and that became all the matter in the universe, you see. But what I'm saying is that the spheris, which degrades spiritually again and again and again, when it finally transformed into a physical thing, that was the Big Bang infinitesimal dot. And from that, you have the whole Bria, you see. So you have a, a good bird's eye view, in terms of what what is happening and 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 uh, and and how it's happening but the ramchal says that so these kuchas nivdolam which are the spheres this is how you start from the top and you get all the way down into this universe you see so those are a type of spiritual entities and the second one as i mentioned is the malachim, the class of angels and the k- angels are divided into s- ten different categories with subcategories, and they are res- they reside at different places, and they're all spiritual. Question is what they do. He's going to deal with that. And what do you need them for? What are they going to do? Okay, but so far these are the components of the into- of the bria. Yeah, so therefore, so that's what you have. So far you have the physical universe and the heavenly bodies, which he considers a specific entity. And then you have the spiritual, which is the Nishama, which has to go into a guf. And also besides the Nishama which has to go into a guf, it has uh, also uh, the, the spiritual entities, which are the spheres and the malachim. Those are the basic components of the entire Bria, you know. I mean, if you really think about it, there's something which is always an interesting thought. If the spheres are part of God in that sense, right? And the spheres um, created this dot that's the physical universe. But obviously the spiritual universe is much larger larger than the physical universe, right? The spiritual universe is like, it's almost beyond belief, the size of the spiritual universe. If the physical is 13.7 billion light years, times 6 trillion, right? Could you imagine the spiritual universe that gives rise to this physical universe, the size of this, you know? And then once you have that idea, could you imagine that the Rabbanu Shem is larger than that? Because this is only a small speck in t- terms of the resonance of what he is. So it comes out that the Rabbanu Shem is a being that we cannot masse his size. Think about that, you know. Not that God has size, don't get me wrong. He doesn't, you know. But if you look at him from our standpoint, you know, if the physical is contained within the spiritual, and the spiritual is only a minute detail of the Rabbana Shalom, the Ein Sof, because according to Kabbalah you see that, that the Rav made a hollow, a hole and in that hollow he made the entire spiritual and within a small part of that is a physical right, and the Rav surrounds that whole uh, hollow so to speak, imagine the size of God you don't want to pick a fight with Him, right it's beyond belief, the size of God, not that God has a size, don't get me wrong God has no size, He has no boundaries, He doesn't have an edge Right? Doesn't any of this stuff. But from our standpoint, he's bigger than everything. You see? So, what type of a being is there that's bigger than the entire, all reality? Because that's what it is. God is larger than all reality. We cannot even begin to understand that type of a being. This is a thought that you can have when you look at all this kind of stuff, you know. That uh, the mushroom, because it says, Molekoloritz Kavoidoi everything is filled with the presence of God which means the entire physical universe all 13.7 billion light like years and then God fills the entire spiritual universe the Rukhnis, the Elamas all five of them or whatever right and all of these are a minute <coughs> uh, a minute dot in him you see so then what's his size If you can call it a size, which you can't, you see. So obviously that's the beginning, uh, that's the first idea that you begin to say. How could you possibly understand a being that even in terms of, from our perspective, his size (coughs) is not comprehensible. Forget about his powers, but the size from our perspective, physical, right? You see. That's why all these religions that think of God as some type of a physical entity, you know, or like Christianity, where they say that, you know, he's, a man, he's really a man-god. They took a man and made him a god, you know. Th- this is such, it's, this is psychosis. This is such utter nonsense to say that the Bonsham came back as a man. Whatever, you know, because that's what they hold. He, they, they, they created a deity for man. That's what they just says, but that's all the other desires. that's all the idol worships. You know, their gods were all, not, I, I don't know if I call them people, but they were beings, physical beings that had dimensions. You know, in any, any of these religions, you know. So to even conjecture that there's a being, you know, called Yeshu, that's God, or some type of Helek of God, you know. How's that possible? It's like, it's absurd. When we begin to realize that the Banshem is larger than the physical, the spiritual, and the spiritual itself is a dot compared to Him. Because that's what Malikar means. The earth is filled with the, right, with the presence of God, right? It doesn't mean the earth, it means the entire universe. Hey, that's 13.7 billion light years, you know? That's beyond comprehension, you see? That's why you begin to realize that the Jewish understanding of God Is rare. Most people saw God as some type of a being that has boundaries, you see, or has uh, physical limitations and so on, you know. But when you begin to learn Hashkofer and so on, and the whole concept of the different uh, realities and so on, you begin to see how absolutely absurd anything to think anything other. You begin to see the nonsense the total, infantile nonsense of of uh, of, a desire, of idol worship. Or bringing God, dragging God down into this world. And I'm not even going into the aspects of God. The faculties. That's something to think about. You know, what Judaism really says. Okay, any questions?
2: Who is Geraden? we it, it we,
0: no a uh, Ganaidin is in Yitzira that's lower uh, Ganaidin is really a it's ruchnius but it's really a lower end ruchnius i hate to say that but it's, it's really Yitzira. it's lower end what is
2: not yeah so
0: lower, I mean. relative that's to low. us but relative to everything about it <laughs> above it look Bri is a billion times more ruchnius than Yitzira it, it's not just another level mm-hmm. and i think an from one floor it's not another floor it's an infinitely bigger th- place, and then Atsilus, and and so on. You see. So, what does it think about the the uh, Olam Is
2: yeah. Malfus, right? and the Olam HaYetzira is netachodisoy.
0: Uh, that well, like, because there are different ways. Of, I don't get. There's different ways of describing reality. Mm-hmm. You could talk about reality in terms of spheres. Yeah. You could talk about reality in terms of Olamus. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The uh, and so on and so forth. And then try to say, well, which it sphere it dominates. You know, that's th- those are many different things. Des- then there's different realities based on the Havoya, Utke Vavke, mm. You see, with the uh, the where if you look at the Utke Vavke, mm. you know, that's another designation for your lamas, you see. Mm. So this world would be the last hay, right? Yeah. And then Yitsira would be the Vov. Uh-huh. You know, and then Bria would be the Hey, mm-hmm. right, and then uh, 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 um, yeah, uh, atzirus would be the would be the would be the yud, mm-hmm. right? So what would the Odom Kadman be? It would be the kutsay yud, that little foot at the bottom of the yud. You see, so w- that's another way of describing this world is through the Havoy itself. So there are many different ways of to, way anyway
1: all the, the
0: same, the same thing in different ways. Well, in different, yeah, in, in different characteristics, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. It's like looking at
0: water from the standpoint of its different states, where you have ice, liquid, right? <coughs> liquid water, and then you have steam, you see? But it's all water. So there are different ways of describing the different, different dimensions of all these worlds. You see? You could talk about them through the spheres. You could talk about them through the alumnus. You know? Then you could talk about them through the Havoya, they're just different ways. Anyway.
1: When you mentioned the levels of ground floor, <coughs> basement, sub-basement. Yeah. I asked someone today who's very learned because in, in, in the Parsha, Dr. Um, Yaakov asked the Satan's name and for a blessing. Yeah. He declared, mm-hmm. I have seen the Divine. Yeah. Which is not a word I associate with the Satan. You think it's
0: uh it's don't know how you cut this guy. Oh, he is a model. He's an angel.
2: The
0: basement is the foundation, no? Well, it's, yeah, a hey. su- it's a sub. I, I, I don't look in terms of foundation. I look in tr- the terms of the uh, floor levels. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a foundation. The, only a foundation I'm saying, uh,
2: the whole point That's a different the world is
0: the, the, the sub. No, no I, I use that as a model to describe the different realities. I'm not saying that the basement is the foundation. That's a different aspect of the model. My, in other words, my muscle is limited. <laughs> no. You don't, you, you but don't take it. At the same
2: uh, time, it could be.
0: No, no, it's not <coughs> the foundation at all. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, an extension sort of that should never have been added on. Yeah, I use the f- the model, you know, but don't take the nimshul the ma- muscle, too far. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it does. Anyway, you know what I'm saying?
2: Was his job,
0: right? He's doing his job, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm
2: saying. So, so what about he's it? Up the the but whole, but he's not, uh, he's not hold, holding up the building.
0: But he's not holding up the but building. He's the thing. whole uh,
2: existence
1: reality. Who? No, no, no.
0: No, no. The reality is from the uh, Asiya. That's the reality. You know what I'm saying? He is an appendage, but it, when I use him as a term for basement, because it's really used as a distance from the roof. That's what I'm trying to do. You have the roof, which is the Einsoyf. Then you have Atsilus, Bria, Yitzirah, Asiya, And these guys go lower, you see. And, uh, you know, what, what distinguishes all this? You ever wonder? It's a, well, you look at all these realities. What's the continuum about? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a continuum of some sort, mm-hmm. right? So, it gradations, right? Or levels. Mm-hmm. So, the first level, what seems to be, is spirituality. You know, one is more spiritual than the next. Then so you get physical, you know. But with, with the lower worlds, they are spiritual. You know what I'm saying? So then what is the distinguishing or differentiating aspect of each level? And the answer is, to what extent do you experience Einoid Mulvadoi? And the lower you go, so the ones who experience God as an Einoid Mulvadoi, not literally, right, is the Briya. They are like next to, they're the closest to the Shekhinah. So they have an unparalleled view, so to speak, of the appearance of God as He will appear to them in Atzilus. Incredible view, you know. But we don't know what that means. You, if you, can get an, you, can, you can know what that means if you're a Navi, to a certain extent, you see. You can see, wow, what they guys see is incredible, you know. So the further down you go, the less appearance God has to you finally get to this planet, uh, to this earth, what do you see? You don't see God in any form, but what you do have is what's called indirect evidence. Well, I just went through a miracle, you know, so, you know, and so on, you know, so in that sense, you know, um, now when you go down further into the basement, they are further removed from Mavada. You See? So what do they experience? The more you go away from enoid Mavada, besides God, there's nothing else, The more you experience what? Yeshev Mavadar. They experience that they really are. You see. That's what evil is. Evil is a distortion of self. Where they think they exist besides God. That's what I mean. So that that, that model really is how far you get away from God. You see. And so on, you know. So, uh, the more you experience God, the more you realize you're zero. The less you experience God, the more you think that God is zero <coughs> and that you're everything. That's the difference between it. So that's really what the model conveys. You see what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Great. To mean that Navi, you said Nabi, let's say Moshe Beno, stood in Bria yeah, and had his head of against that Yeah. All of that, according to last week's shear, is clothed in the physical imagination. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, what does it mean that he's standing in Bria? You said at one point his consciousness, but that, that's well, his, I mean. consciousness, his consciousness. may be in Bria, but he still sees it through his imagination. So, what does that yeah,
0: mean? Yeah, because you can't see it any other way. I, I'm, I'm not a novice I so uh, when, I, when I get there, I'll let you know. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: in, other words, in, in some way, it has to manifest through the uh, uh, the filter called imagination. We we don't know what that means. It, it cannot. It, well, it, it can't. You know, but it has to. The filter of all of this is the dimyon, the koychadimyon, the imagination of the brain. It can't go any other way. You know. You know what's like. It's like It's like, um, I, it's like look, imagine looking at a video. You know, a movie, right? A video, right? And the question is, what's its resolution? Sort of, right? <coughs> so the guys would take the videos, movies with this garbage camera. So the resolution is terrible. <laughs> then there are guys which is HD, high definition, high, uh, uh, ten times, remember? and the clarity is astounding. That's the best way I can so describe a,
2: it. So Moshe he went up the mountain, He was on the mountain, He didn't go anywhere else.
0: No, he went. So he went. He, he actually went. physically so physical, yes. He went That's right. Right. Itzira. That's where he went.
2: He went
0: to Yitzhira? I mean, he went to He's looking into that No, he went to Yitzhira because you know, what he did is he crossed the boundary into a completely spiritual world. And ah. that was sufficient. Ah. Because if you go from Bria, Yitzhira um, to uh, past everything into Yitzhira, you are now in a different dimension of reality. So
2: basically, he went to some place. Like you, you say, the Big Bang is like the first spot of the beginning. He went someplace beyond that spot.
0: Well, it's almost like he went before the big bang. Before the big bang. Yeah, well we don't even we have no concept After of what that Bible is. Position, that's yeah, that's all he had to go. That's why he had this argument with the Malacham. He was on their level. How, you do, see? how does the anyway. relate to the
3: to the to the um and the based in an Akashbrahu sometimes he's he, he who's he speaking to? He, he, well, Yeshua Aeshavado but he doesn't have illumination of Hashem, he just what, No
0: he so does much. because he I mean he presents himself to the Besdin.
3: So I'm saying, but the, the, his, his, mu- his levels of Sitra Akra mean that he has no illumination.
0: No, he does. That's true, he does. So, so but his distortion isn't that he thinks he's somebody, but he thinks he can become somebody.
1: So, so he say,
0: thinks that if he can get all the unique of the Jews, right. every spark that they have, then he will be equal to God. That's his problem. So his problem isn't that he thinks he's God, he thinks he can become God, and that's the incredible illusion that he has.
3: He thinks man obese and killer, can be thought he thought, he thought man could become God. Who? Because he thought man could become God.
0: Yeah, so he thinks he's a wherewithal here. There's a reason why God wants him to think that way. But what's Very the, interesting but the,
3: reason. But, the, um, but, the, um, but we, we said that the levels are, go down and down until let's say this worldly, the world of us here, where yeah. there's only indirect... Relationship to Hashem with the yeah. spirituality, but he's beneath that, so he doesn't have. So he doesn't have. He, he, how does he? Who's he? The Sultan. What about him? Has to have even more indirect relationship with Hashem if he's living in the, in, in Africa yeah.
0: well, But how? Look, you, you, look. You know, I've never seen a map of this place. Okay. I, I don't know how he gets from here to there. You know, is I think it's a high-speed train. But obviously, he's able to transverse or traverse. I
1: mean,
3: it he, he deals with the spiritual all the time. So I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So, but I, you know, but but that, but that his domain is a domain in which.
1: Yeah, unless
0: he can traverse the whole. Yeah. Whole. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, the. I, I don't know.